Hi and welcome. My name is Josh Stone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. The Ignite podcast is dedicated purely to the engineering and construction industry. Join me as I interview serious change makers, leaders and business owners who are creating significant shifts in the industry, leading inspired teams, running successful businesses and in general making big things happen. As the old saying goes, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This podcast is all about bringing like-minded change makers, leaders, and business owners in the engineering and construction industry together to share their stories, their strategies, their ideas, and their mindset on what's working for them right now in order to help you learn from the best, to implement, and to grow as well. Now, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. In the meantime, hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Sit back, relax and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ignite podcast. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Josh Stone. I'm the founder of Ignite Coaching. I work specifically with leaders and business owners in the engineering industry to help them grow and scale their teams and their businesses. So team, today on the podcast, what I want to do is talk about recruitment. So it is a very interesting time in our industry at the moment in terms of the skill shortage and not the inability to find good staff but it is so difficult it is so difficult to find good quality people and it is the honestly when I'm talking to all of my clients one of the single biggest you know constrictions to growth in terms of building your team or your business people would say I could put on 10 people tomorrow if I could if I could find them the work's there to support you know the the team or the business building or growing but I can't find good quality people and so Today's podcast is not going to be a silver bullet in terms of some magic secret that I'm going to share with you that will allow you to hire those those 10 next people. But what I wanted to do was actually sort of just share share some of the conversations that I'm having with my clients in my boardroom program, which is a, a program purely for, for business owners of engineering consultancies, as well as my 12-week program, which is for leaders within the industry, around recruitment, around how how we're going, how how everyone's going about recruitment, things and strategies that people are trying, as well as I kind of want to walk you through the the process once you're in the recruitment journey to make sure that you're giving yourself the best chance to hire and recruit high performers. So what I want to do is firstly kind of talk about the recruitment industry in general at the moment and some of the things that my clients are doing. So and, and and talk you through some of the things that are yielding good results and some of the things that just aren't working at all. So in terms of what's not working, in terms of not getting much traction at all, seek. And all the, you know, the job ads and that sort of stuff, LinkedIn ads, that sort of thing, are just not getting results at the moment. I think it's important to have an ad on Seek or on all the, you know, on the job platform so that you can, you know, share it around to people who are interested. But if you're hoping to put an ad up somewhere and have heaps of people apply, it's just not working at the moment. There's a little bit of success, but it's not having great results purely because candidates out there at the moment 
are not needing to go onto those platforms to find work. They are being approached by recruiters. They are being approached by, you know, people from other businesses. There's a whole, there's a whole sea of referrals and networking happening outside of, you know, the Seek and those kind of platforms, which are getting much, much, much better, better results. So I think, we'll, and we'll talk through this in a second. I think it's important to have an ad out there and have something up so people can kind of check it out. If you get through that phase of introductions and they're interested in the role and they can kind of see and apply and that sort of thing. But please don't let it be the single thing that you're doing because it's not getting very good results at the moment. It's an employee market. Employees are being approached all the time. They are not actively going on to seek to go, you know, I'm thinking about leaving or moving. What's, what's out there? They're actually reaching out to recruiters. So what's that's kind of not what's not working at the moment. In a different market, it probably would work. Have an ad up there, but don't let it be the single thing that you do. Recruitment at the moment is really networking, uh, word of mouth, and obviously using recruitment agencies. So, and different people have different views around using recruitment agencies. Some people have a relationship with an existing recruitment agency. They sole select those people. They have they have a recruitment person maybe in-house or on staff, or you have a, an exclusive relationship with a recruitment agency. That's working really well at the moment. What's also working really well is having multiple recruitment people looking for you. So obviously the more people looking for to fill a role for you, obviously the more you're reaching out to their networks. And you know, it's just, you know, it kind of compounds from there in terms of that's probably the thing that's working the best at the moment. One of my clients in, in my boardroom pro program at the moment has, I think he said five recruitment companies looking for one role at the moment. And they all know he was very open with those recruitment companies. I'm, I'm using other companies at the moment to, to recruit for this role. Uh, and most recruitment companies seem to be happy to be playing in that space against other recruitment companies. So what's working the most and getting the most traction is having multiple companies out there searching for that person for you to fill that role. So that's kind of a little bit about what's working and what's not. Interestingly, and I want to kind of, before we get into the recruitment process, we've had a really, really interesting conversation with everyone in my boardroom program the other week about recruitment. And it was about trying to solve the problem together in terms of, okay, recruitment is hard at the moment and everyone's doing what we just spoke about, ads on Seek, ads on LinkedIn, connecting to people on LinkedIn. Actually, that's another thing I forgot to talk to you about. Reaching out to people on LinkedIn is okay. It's a little bit spammy in terms of like, you know, just connecting with your future ideal staff member and sending them a message to move. But in this day and age, people are so used to getting messages from recruiters doing that anyway. So, you know, if you've got someone on your admin team who can reach out to candidates on your behalf through your LinkedIn profile, you know, that's that's having good success at the moment. You just got to really watch your approach and your messaging and that sort of thing. Um, so the conversation we were having at Boardroom was really interesting in terms of how do we flip this on its head? Everyone is searching for good quality technical people. Everyone is searching for, you know, those those technical people to fill roles to obviously, you know, fulfill commitments made on projects and the work's there so they want to grow. How can we do this differently? And so this is a discussion that I just wanted to bring to the forefront. It's not going to work for everyone. It's not going to be for everyone. But we talked about a couple of things. One, instead of 
hiring a technical person, why don't you hire an admin person? Because there are a lot more admin people out there to free you up. Yes, you're still staying on the tool. So if I use an example, a husband and wife couple in my boardroom program, they're looking to grow. They're looking to bring on a technical person to sit underneath them to free them up to do more business development and focus on strategy and all those sorts of things. They have been trying to find that person forever. And so we sat down and actually looked at as part of a group discussion within boardroom and looked at, okay, well, yes, you want to free yourself up to focus on strategy and direction. This market isn't going to last forever. Why don't we flip things on its head? Let's have a look at all the admin stuff, all the administrative things that you two do in the business every single day and week. And let's make a list of why don't we actually delegate those things? Why don't, instead of bringing on a technical person to do technical work so you can free yourself up to do more strategic stuff, yes, you're going to bring on an admin person, but that's still freeing up 10 hours of your week or 15 hours of your week of all the administrative stuff, you know, the the technical reports written to 95%. You just need someone to document it and, and, uh, and edit it and all that sort of thing. That could go to admin invoicing, bookkeeping, all these, like the list was amazing once we started to, to dive into it. Um, you know, you could free up 10 or 15 hours of your week by getting someone who's in admin into your business or into the team. Yes, that still means that you have to do a lot more of the technical stuff and you don't have that technical person underneath you growing, but we have to look to do things differently. So that could be an option in terms of instead of hiring technically let's hire for administrative support or you having someone that you know can support you in your role and then once the market switches you know you've got a good admin system set up and you can bring that technical person in the other interesting thing that we talked about was offshore and so the and I know a lot of people are like, eh, not touching that with a 10-foot barge pole. And I know a lot of people have had really bad experiences and I'm certainly not advocating for it. But it's, you know, this conversation is about flipping things on its head and doing things differently. Like to get ahead in this current market, we have to look and do things differently. And so there are a lot of really great technical people who reside overseas who could fill a role in your team or your business yes they're working remotely so we have to look at the whole in the office versus working remotely but surely through COVID we've shown shown ourselves that we can work remotely we actually bring on a technical person or even an admin person from overseas so there was a South African lady on, on who's part of the part of boardroom and she was saying that she knows a lot of highly skilled people from South Africa who get the same education, same studies, all that sort of stuff as us who are looking for work and would happily do online, you know, technical reports, technical writing, all that sort of stuff. Obviously, they can't go to site and do those sorts of things. But again, this conversation is shifting and flipping this thing on its head and going, okay, well, maybe I can't get a full-time technical person sitting in the office, but if I could hire someone from overseas who is just as qualified as the person I've been hiring from Australia, who is motivated, inspired, great at what they do. They tick all the boxes. It's just that they're overseas. Well, maybe I can fill three quarters of the role. They're doing all the technical reports, all the, all the writing. They're doing the calculations. They're doing, you know, what have you. And then there's that portion of their role that has to be sort of filled by someone else on your existing team. So again, don't, this conversation is not about, let's not put your blinkers on. Let's actually think differently and strategically about 
how we can do things a bit more uniquely to actually get ahead. Let, like everyone like is putting ads up on Seek LinkedIn, talking to recruiters. You've got recruiters who are just hunting for everything out there at the moment. And sure, that might return you some results. But again, if you've got an opportunity to grow ahead of you, you've got a big pipeline and not people to do it, you have to think outside of the box, remove blinkers and maybe look at some of these things that I've just walked you through. So that's kind of what I want to talk about in terms of setting the scene and some of the things that we're talking about in my boardroom programs and 12-week coaching programs as well, just in terms of we've got to do things differently and think outside the box. What I wanted to do now was, so, okay, the recruitment process is inherently flawed and there are so many things along the way that people are doing rightly, wrongly, that are just meaning that they're getting the wrong people into, into the wrong roles. And so one of the things I wanted to also say was before you, when you're in the recruitment process, don't just hire the next person who walks through the door because you're busy and because you've got work on and because you need that person and they've got a heartbeat and let's put them in this chair over here. Please, please, please follow this process that I'm about to step you through. Please, even though the market's busy, and even though, you know, good people are hard to come by and even C and D grade people are hard to come by because they're all being snapped up. Don't just hire the first person that you talk to. Please take the process seriously because once you've got someone in your team or your business and they're, if they're the wrong fit, they can be culturally toxic. They can just, it can just take up so much of your time to train them. You know, people can very easily lie about their skill set and their experiences through the recruitment process. So some of the things I want to talk to you about now will we'll mitigate that, but don't just hire the first people, person that walks through the door. Make sure you're following this process to give yourself the best chance to hire A-grade people who are going to help your, your team or your business go on, on an upward trajectory. So the first thing that we want to do is before we are even about to go out to the recruitment process or out to market, we want to get really clear on the role that we are recruiting for. And we want to actually profile the role first. So step number one, before we go and talk to anyone outside of the business is to go, okay, the role that I'm recruiting for, what does that look like? If an ideal candidate walked in the next day or tomorrow, who, what would he or she look like? What skill sets would they have? What personality traits would they have? What attributes, values, all those sorts of things. We have to get really clear on the ideal candidate for that role before we start the process. And the reason we do this is so that we don't get distracted by bright and shiny. We interview someone, they were amazing. Yes, let's get them in, hire them tomorrow. And then you realize they're exact polar opposite in terms of personality styles for the role. So you want to get really clear on the role first. And that is your guiding light. That's your North Star in terms of when you then go to market and you're comparing people do they match the ideal role? And if they don't, do not hire them because that is a mistake waiting to happen. You have to be so diligent through the recruitment process. So profile the role first. And I've got a couple of personality quizzes and that sort of stuff that you are more than more than welcome to use. I might pop the link below this podcast episode so that you can use them. It's a simple quiz. And what you do is, you just, you know, put yourself into the shoes of the ideal candidate that you're recruiting for, the ideal role, or even better, if you're hiring a, if you're about to go to market for a senior civil designer, as an example, and you already have a senior civil designer on your team, 
get them to fill out the personality quiz so that you get the results for the from the ideal candidate that is already doing or fulfilling the role in your in your team or your business. So I'll pop the link below to the my personality quiz. But you just answer, answer a series of questions. You get sent your results on your ideal personality style for an ideal candidate to fulfill this role. So you want to profile the role first and get very, very clear on personality style. You want to very get very clear on their ideal personality traits, their ideal values, and their ideal skill sets. And you want to get really clear on this before you go to market. So step one, profile the role. Step two. In terms of the ad and you know all the stuff that you're going to do, and again, we talked about at the start of the episode in terms of the different ways that you can connect and bring people into your world. Like we talked about seek, seek ads, LinkedIn ads, that sort of thing. But more often than not, or more likely than not, if you're going to be recruiting in this marketplace, you're going to be using recruiters. So you, you still want to recruit, and recruiters are still going to put an ad up. And so... You want to write your ad differently. You want to make sure that when people are talking to the recruiters, the recruiters have an arsenal of amazing copy to talk to your candidate, future candidates about to get them engaged. Like everyone at the moment is just writing boring, dreary, same old ads. We want to be different. So we want to talk about the role. We want to get them really excited about the role. We want to talk about who this role is suited to. So as part of your ad, you want to talk about, well, we want to talk about the values and the traits of your ideal candidates. So, and you might even break this into headings in terms of the role, who this role is suited to, benefits, and then about you and about your team or your business. So you can break your ad actually up into, you know, those sort of four different areas. The role, who is this role suited to, the benefits of this role, like why should they leave their current job and come and work for you? And you want to talk about about you, your team, or your business because it makes it more personal and they can picture working alongside of you. You know, I've seen so many ads as like it, it's so vanilla and blank and it won't even list the company name. And like, who's going to apply for that? Because it's so, I don't know that company. They could have an awful reputation or they could have a great reputation. Like you want to include a section about you, your team, and why it's really important for you for them to come and join your team or your business. So um, they're the four areas that I want you to talk about in, in, in your ad or the marketing stuff for the role, the role in terms of getting them excited about what they're going to be doing and the work they're going to be, you know, diving into, who this role is suited to. And the good thing about that is people who it's not suited to, it excludes them. The benefits, why should they leave their job and come and work for you? And a bit about you, your team, your business to make it more personal so they can picture themselves working alongside you. Please do not talk about KPIs, hours of work, all that boring stuff. Can't be long-winded, just needs to be a one-pager. If your ad is boring or it doesn't grab attention, people are just going to gloss over it. So the second step in the process is it is to either write the ad that you're going to put up yourself or give the recruiters some really amazing marketing material and information about you, your team, the business, the role, that sort of thing to get potential candidates excited about working for you in your team or your business. So that's step two, writing the ad. We then move into the part of the process. So you've got candidates coming through. What you want to do is you're actually getting some interest. You've got candidates coming through. We've got recruitment people saying, hey, we've got five or six people that would be great for you to meet. 
you definitely want to do a screening call. So a screening call is a 10 to 15 minute call with a person. It doesn't have to be face to face. It could just be over the phone or on Teams or Zoom or something like that. This is essentially a go or, or, or no go kind of call in terms of just working out whether you want this person to proceed to the full or proper interview. So the screening call is really important. Like a lot of people just go to full interviews and they're interviewing 10 or 15 people at an hour of time. 15 hours of recruitment is not a good use of your time. So please build in the screening call into your recruitment process in terms of, great, I'm going to call, I'm going to go into a meeting room and call these, these five people now, have a quick chat. I've got some questions here that I want you to ask um, and you'll quickly work out who's going to proceed to the next stage. It's important to say, though, in this market, if you get a good application in, you want to pick up that phone straight away and call that applicant and do the screening call straight away because you want to cement your connection with that person as soon as possible because it's a, it's a tough market at the moment. So the types of questions you want to be asking in a screening call, you know, tell me a bit about yourself, what made you apply for the role, what do you know about our team or business to kind of weed out the people that are just sort of applying for everything and they haven't taken the time to check out your website or know nothing about you. Talk to them about their professional goals, like where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Do those goals align with, you know, your vision for your team or your business? What are your skills? What are you good at? Get people talking about the things that they're good at. What are you not so good at? This is a really important screening question because people are very prepared to talk about what they're good at, but will they own their weaknesses? So you want someone to actually go, you know what? I'm actually not great at people skills. I don't, I can, I'm happily, I can happily, you know, do the technical stuff. But when it comes to people skills, I'm not very good. You want someone that is open and honest and humble. And are they willing and open to learn and get better? So definitely ask, what are you not so good at? To, to gauge whether someone's willing to be open, humble about their, their weaknesses. A question that's really good to ask is tell me about a recent experience where you had to do something hard or, or uncomfortable. So that's getting people starting to think about, okay, well, I had this experience. It was really difficult, but this is how I kind of got through it. This is my problem solving. Because again, that's weeding people out who aren't prepared to get uncomfortable, have hard conversations or anything like that. And then the kind of final questions are, you know, what are your values and what's important to you? So that's kind of a, you know, series of, about 10 questions to kind of ask someone on a screening call to really weed out whether they've got the values, the skill set, the personality style, and the attributes of a person that you'd like to move to, to the, the final interview. So that's the screening call. So we've talked about, obviously, sorry, we've talked about writing the ad. We've talked about profiling the role first. Now we're doing so profile role first, write the ad in terms of make it amazingly attractive. And now we've just talked about screening call to weed out people who are, you know, yay or nay kind of thing. Once someone has passed a screening call and you're the and before you move them to booking in the the, the final interview, you want to profile them. So again, the personality quiz that you or your teammate did at the start to profile the role, you want to send them the same quiz. Again, I'm happy for you to use my quiz. You want to send them the same quiz and get them to fill out that quiz and send you, the, them, send you their results. And what you, this is a big moment because if their results come back and you like them and they come back opposite, 
you have a very hard decision to make in terms of if you wanted to hire someone that's you know incredibly technically skilled goes right into the details you know really smart at what they do but they come back the polar opposite which is very good with people but not great with details not great technically but you really like them again that's why we profile the role at the start that is your north star because that has to be your guiding light when it comes to the recruitment process if they come back the polar opposite you have to let them go or or find another role that suits them in the business if they're really really good but you have to let them go. Do not hire someone because you like them. Hire them because they're the right fit for the role. So you, step four is profiling the candidates. Before you move to the final interview, you've got to profile them. And if they come back a match or close to a match, then you proceed to booking in the final interview. Do not proceed if they are the complete opposite. If they can complete opposite personality style, to the role that you're recruiting for, do not proceed because it is a complete waste of your time and could cost you time, money, and your business. So like I said, send them the link. Just go, hey, can you please take two minutes to fill out this personality quiz and send me your results? It's just kind of part of our process. And then that then decides when you get their results back, compare them to the original profiling of the role that you did. That then, that then determines whether they go to the final interview. All right. So formal interview. Stay with me, team. We're getting through this quite well the formal interview process again this can be really encourages to be in person if you can obviously if you're talking about the online or overseas stuff definitely have camera on because you want to obviously see them and, and all that sort of thing many people run the the formal interview differently in different ways my kind of a theory or approach is you want to have an opening a main interview section and a close so the opening conversation is just a bit rapport building again you might ask some of the similar questions you ask in the screening call tell me a bit about yourself what are your professional interests what are your, what are your personal interests what made you apply for the role what excites you about coming to work for us again this is just an opening and kind of rapport building in the main section of the interview you want to determine if they've got the right values. So you're going to ask values aligned questions. If they have the right skills, and I'll get to skills in a second. Team player versus me player. So interestingly, from a psychology point of view, so we go back to one of the questions we asked before about doing something hard or tell me about a project that you worked on or something like that. You're looking for me versus we responses. So if you say to them, oh, tell me about a project you worked on with your past company. I did this. I was responsible for that. I looked after the client. I did this. It's all me as opposed to, well, as part of the team, we worked on this and I worked as part of a group to deliver this for the project. And myself and my teammates all worked together to deliver an amazing outcome for the client. That's we. You want to hire for we every day of the week. If they're a me player, it means they've got a massive ego. They're not willing to work in a team. It's all about them. So you're hiring for a team player, not a me player. So look for those responses. The words they use are really important. Look for those the words they use in their responses. So me versus we, hire for we, let go of me. Talking to someone many years ago, and he's famous for cancelling interviews after five minutes he said if he gets a if he gets a me response he just goes I'm, I'm sorry the interview's over and we'll just walk out I mean I know that's pretty brutal but it's like I'm not wasting any more of my time with a with a me player you want to look for growth mindset too 
in terms of you're looking for responses that, su that suggest they're open to learning, they're looking for growth, they want to get a bit uncomfortable, get outside of their comfort zone. You really want to hire for a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. Some questions to ask. So what was a highlight of a role? What was a highlight for you in a previous role? What made this a success for you? Again, tell me about an experience you had in a previous role that was particularly challenging. You know, how did you manage this situation? What did you do to navigate that? What did you learn about yourself coming out of this situation? You know, how do you deal with high pressure situations? And actually this one, I'm just reading off our, our, our boardroom training here in terms of making sure I give you as much value in this podcast. But a really amazing question is, I want you to picture the next 12 months. Say you've got a role with us, say you get the role and you're really happy. What are three things that you're loving about this role? That's getting them to think about the future, but it's also getting them to show you what's really important to them. So say they come on board, they're the three things that you can really make sure that you do as a business to, to retain them and to keep them. So what are three things that you're loving about the role in 12 months time? What excites you and motivates you and what frustrates you? So that's kind of the main section. That's where you really tease out whether you're going to hire this person or not. Then you've got the end and wrap up, which is talking about salary expectations, any other questions, you know, should you be successful? When can you start? So that's kind of the middle, sorry, the opening, the middle and the end. What I really encourage you to do, every role, regardless of whether they're admin or anything like that, is do a technical assessment. So obviously admin would be spreadsheets and all the stuff they're going to be getting, getting them to do from an admin support person. And you have to, you have to be upfront with them in terms of, you know, when you you've profiled them before the main interview, Hey, I'd love to catch up with you for a formal interview. As part of this interview, I'm going to be asking that you sit a technical assessment. And so what that can be a myriad of different things that can be, they leave the, the main interview and log on later and do a technical assessment. What I've seen work really well is you know, the leader or the business owner sitting down with the person in the in the boardroom for half an hour or 45 minutes to do the the interview. And then they actually bring in their senior designer and go, okay, Ben, on, come in and put, you know, take this person through their through their paces. And if you've got a senior designer or someone who's technical or a very technical person coming in and either, okay, show me how you do that Earthworks tin in 12D or show me how you build that, build that framework in space gas or anything like that. You want to do that technical assessment. People are so good making up stuff about how much experience they've had and they can get all the way through to being hired. And I've heard that so many times where people are like, I hired this person because they were supposed to have 12 years of experience and they had one or two. They couldn't even open up the file. So technical assessments are a must. Get one of your people, your team, who are really good at what they do to take that person through their paces have a whole bunch of programs already set up and test kind of things set up. Okay, draw that line here. Show me what you do here. And actually, and your technical person will know within five minutes tops about whether this person has the skills or not. So please, please, please do a technical assessment and do not give them a letter of offer or anything like that until you are happy that they are technically sound and can do what they said they can do. The final part of the process is before you do an offer, call references, but don't call the ones that they've got on their resume. So what you want to do is you want to do some detective stuff here. You want to go back through their resume and go, okay, obviously they've put their dad, their friend and their 
you know, their their previous co-worker they used to drink heaps of beers with. And they're always going to say amazing things about them. You want to go back through your, their resume and call the owner of every single one of those companies. So the last two or three companies they used to work with, call the, the owner. And if the owner didn't work with them, ask the owner to get the, the team leader or what have you to call them, call you back. You want to find out why they left, what they were like to work with. And you want to talk to people who actually work with them who are not on their resume. So if they've passed everything else, you want to call references and don't call the references on their resume. You want to call your references in terms of find out who they used to work with or for and call those people and just find out why they left, what would they like to work with, were they team player, et cetera. And then there, if they go through all that process, you want to then make sure that your processes are set up. If they are the ideal candidate, they've ticked all of those boxes that we've gone through and they are an absolute gun, you want to get an offer to them that day or the next day. This market is hot at the moment and offers are just going out left, right and center. So you want to be ready with all your contracts pre-populated. You can't be then going, oh, okay, now I'm going to go and talk to my HR team or my HR representative and get the contract drawn up and all that sort of stuff. No, you want to be ready to go. I suggest that everyone who goes to the formal interview has a contract pre-prepared for them, just in word, ready to go. So if you're happy, you pick your ideal candidate and your offer goes out that day. You've got to be smart, you've got to be fast and speedy in this market to get the best candidates. So that's a lot of, that was me, a lot of talking team. I hope you're still with me. But that process will 100 percent guarantee. Should, I probably shouldn't say that. That process will guarantee that you're giving yourself the best chance to hire high performers into your team, your business every single time. If you skip a step, you're running the risk of you know things going pear-shaped. Please follow the process. Yes, it takes a bit longer. Yes, it's a bit more work, but it's a very easy system to build into your team or your business. And it gives you the best shot to hire the best people to help you grow and excel in this current market. So, I think that's all I wanted to cover. Thank you for listening and paying attention. I'm obviously quite passionate about this sort of stuff and it's a training I've just done recently for everyone in boardroom. So team, if you'd like some help with this sort of stuff, either in your business or in your team, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to have a chat about how I can help you grow and scale even further and even faster. Have an amazing day and talk to you soon. Hi there. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. Don't forget, if you'd like some help growing yourself, your team, or your business even faster, head over to my website, www.coachignite.com for more resources. Or book in a call and we'll map out a plan together for you to move forward with confidence. Don't forget also to hit the subscribe button so you get notified about future episodes. Take care, my friends, and see you again soon.